Gentlemen, we all strive for gold in our life. Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with confidence of a lion and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right, Manscaped would like to announce their biggest and best ultimate hygiene bundle. The Platinum Package 4.0 is now available worldwide. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now, trust me. Trust them with your whole hygiene routine. Trust me when I say they're fantastic. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K. Most excited I've ever been. I got a package the other day from Manscaped. They sent me their fantastic, it's a little package. It's got clippers, nail clippers, a file, tweezers, it little pair of scissors and it's all magnetic and it's held together with magnets and it's legitimately my favorite thing I think I've ever been sent. Yeah, it's in my car and I use it when I'm stopped and stuck in traffic. I don't know if that's safe and I'm not necessarily endorsing it, but it's what I do. Uh, so get 20% off and free shipping with code JOCK, J-O-C-K at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code J-O-C-K, it's time you enjoyed the finer things in life. Get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. Hello and welcome to Around the Wicket. My name is Damo and joining me as he usually does is Azza. How are you, my friend? Fantastic as always, Damo. Looking forward to another thrilling episode that we have got planned ahead for this afternoon. Yeah, and there's a lot to talk about since we last sat down to do one of these. Um, maybe let's start with the news surrounding Glenn Maxwell. So, Glenn Maxwell may not feature at all in BBL 12 after an unfortunate incident at a birthday party. The popular big-hitting Supercoach star has broken his leg and will miss quite some time. Small chance he returns late in the season if the starts reach the finals, but we don't know for sure. It throws a spanner in the works, doesn't it, mate? It's a huge spanner in the works, considering that... Uh... Just shortly after his uh, injury was announced, he was still in over 50% of teams. Uh, as we record this, he's now dropped considerably down to 32%. So there's still a lot of teams that need to to make that uh, move. And it's something that we'll uh, also you know talk about shortly, looking at some of those potential replacements just to be able to help fill that uh, massive void that Max will be leaving in a lot of teams. Definitely, look, it, it, it probably boosts some stocks of other players around him in that Stars squad, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But another popular player, David Willey, has withdrawn from the competition. It sounds like he couldn't agree to terms with the Sydney Thunder, which is interesting because I thought his terms would have been outlined when he was nominated for the BBL draft. Yeah, I think that was what the case um, was, but... Uh, look, I'm not sure what's happened since then. Some things 
broken down, which is you know it's a it's a real shame to see that one of the uh, the bright stars of the competition that we've enjoyed watching in previous seasons, even for your Perth Scorchers there, Damo, he's uh, you know done some really good work, but uh, it's another big loss. Twenty as again as of recording here today. While he was in 21% of teams. So there was a huge uptake for him. And uh, there's going to be people scrambling around to find the next big uh, thing for a bat bowler around that price. So, who could we replace these two players with? The Sydney Thunder replacements are harder to pinpoint than the replacements at the Melbourne Stars for Glenn Maxwell. So, let's start with Sydney Thunder. Who could replace David Willey in their 11? Jeez, that's a it's it's a tough one. I think they're now probably really at the point the Thunder where they need to start looking for an additional player of that caliber domestically or even internationally. I mean, players still uh, teams still have the opportunity to sign um, some more players, especially with Wilder being out for the rest of the tournament. They can sign another replacement player, so it could be interesting to see who is around to fill that void on an international level, but. I mean, immediately, probably the name that sticks out to me is Ben Cutting. I know he's a divisive player and divisive pick and super coach, but I could see his stocks rising a little bit more. And given he's only 86,000, it could be worth a punt, especially on that round one double. Thoughts, Damo? Well, you remember a few years ago, I was big on Ben Cutting to start the season, then was eventually talked out of him by lots of people, so I didn't end up having him to begin my team. So I'm a big Ben Cutting fan, and I don't know where he fits in that Thunder 11, because he's been at the top of the order, he's been in the middle of the order, he's been mostly a specialist bowler at some point. He, he doesn't really have a role, so maybe this... David Willey departure could open up a solid spot for him, a void of significance if we are to use a leck dog term. Yeah, exactly right. I think you're right. There is a pretty big void of significance there for um, to Thunder to fill, and it's it's a, it is a tricky one. I mean, but it also does up give um, super coaches a bit more flexibility to look at other players. Maybe instead of a David Wiley at one forty nine five hundred, you're wanting to bump some cash up and you, you know, you go to a, um, a Jason Sanger who is a, you know, batsman at 177,000. But as we know from last season, just took the game by storm and was one of the, uh, the big breakouts. He'd be one that I'm looking at. I am also a Jason Sanger fan. I do like a lot of the Sydney Thunder players. So maybe Sydney Thunder are starting to become my second team out, uh, aside from the Perth Scorchers. If we move to Maxwell at the Stars, the obvious replacement is Marcus Stoinis because if he doesn't open the batting, there's a chance he comes in when Glenn Maxwell would have. Yeah, and we know that Stoinis has opened the batting for the Stars for um, quite a number of times. Dropped out of uh, favour at the second half of uh, last season where it was mostly Glenn Maxwell and Joe Clark with the opening duties. I think you're right. I think... Stars will look to heavily rely on Stoinis now to open the batting. But in saying that, I reckon there's also another Smokey, which I know he's another favourite of yours, Damon. We keep talking about favourites, but Hilton Cartwright. Surely there's another name that's just been sliding under the radar, been sitting around the middle order. Could he be the one that uh, takes up the reins at the top of the order for the Stars? 
and he's also been one that's been pretty reliable over the last few years. Not necessarily with big scores, but he can usually hit a good 30 to 35 off maybe 20 to 25 and end up with a decent strike rate as well. So he's someone that at his 122k price um, might not gain much money, but he probably won't lose much money either if he doesn't quite get to those heights. I just want to highlight Nick Larkin as well at 62k. He's currently in awesome form in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup in New South Wales. He recently hit 70 of 42. So he's another one cool. that we could possibly uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, we know that Larkin has been um, in the star side and in and around that first drop middle order sort of sort of role. And he has had um, a lot of opportunities to do well, and he has done so in some games previously. There was a high score of 52 of 43 against the Thunder, um, which, you know, it, it, it's good, but I mean, there's probably a few too many low scores that just sort of detract from him. Even though he is rookie price at sixty-two thousand, with uh, one, two, three, four, five, six scores under ten in last season, are just not a hundred percent sold on him. But again, crisis presents opportunity, and there is going to be a lot of opportunity for Nick Larkin to step up. So, what has this done to? Our teams, our own super coach teams. As a who have you looked at in as a replacement for you? Yeah, so look, uh, the first one, as I mentioned, the, the one that stood out for me uh, most was Jason Sanger. I really wanted to capture another premium player uh, in the loss of someone like uh, Glenn Maxwell, someone who I know I can potentially rely on, who's going to score well and. Jason Sanger was an absolute standout last season. I think he sort of caught a few people off guard with what he was capable of, and I can see that continuing. I mean, we're still not 100% sure how that top order is going to look uh, for the Thunder, but I'm still confident that he's going to be able to produce those scores that we saw last year. So that was the one pick for me. And then the other one was uh, Trent Bolt is back in my side. Uh, He has been in phenomenal form for New Zealand in the World Cup. And while he is priced at 180000 which is extremely high from a premium who hasn't played BBL, but I think think it's almost near worth it, considering what we've also got around that mark. We've got question marks over Daniel Sams, question marks over um, other top orders. It's just... Maybe he's the stability that I'm going to need. And with a round two, a round one double, I'm taking the punt. Yeah, since the injuries to Maxwell and Willie, I haven't really settled on replacements yet. I'm actually looking at ways to make sure that I have Mitch Marsh for the Scorchers round two double. Um, Maxwell at 184k meant there wasn't a huge jump, but now I kind of have to look elsewhere for that stepping stone. And I really like. Nick Larkin and Hilton Cartwright, as we mentioned before, but they won't get me to Mitch Marsh for round two because even their prices combined isn't what Mitch Marsh costs. So I'm I'm still looking. I do like the look of Jason Sanger. Trent Bolt is an option, um, but I haven't quite picked apart my team enough in the wake of these injuries and withdrawals that I know how I'm going to now 
structure my team with Maxwell and Willie unavailable. Yeah, and it, it it is a tricky one, and thankfully we've still got uh, a few weeks to go before before we're round one. But you you do make a very interesting um, point there, Dan. It's something that we should probably discuss, maybe in this podcast and the next one. But looking ahead at that round two fixture early on, I know I've already sort of started to play around with looking at how my team's going to look in round two. You know, stashing away the likes of Josh Inglis on the bench. Peter Hatzaglou as well on the bench in my bowler side. So I've got a couple of loophole options to play around with. But then also, as you mentioned before, looking how I can also then bring in those premium stars like Mitch Marsh, AJ Ty, Jason Berendorf. You know, there's going to be a lot of people scrambling around. But the earlier that we can plan, the better we will be in the long run, Damo. And because of these injuries, departures, even looking ahead in the fixture, we could see a few points of differences come out of the woodwork. So you've already mentioned Trent Bolt. He, I don't think he's a point of difference, but we don't see him in a lot of teams that we see over social media. So he's he's one who I'm going to call a point of difference, even though his ownership is, is a little higher than that. Who else could possibly shine in the absence of these players? Well, I guess one thing that we probably need to sort of mention, and we keep talking about all these double game week players, but historically we've also seen that there are other players that don't have doubles that have also done really well. And so there are there are players that I have considered. Josh Felipe is one from the Sydney Sixers, Darcy Short from Hobart Hurricanes, who we know can play incredible cricket and have the ability to score very highly and could be a huge point of difference come round one when people are looking for those double game week players. I'm just looking at some of the numbers now. Josh Felipe is an incredible 46% of teams, which I find staggering given that uh, Joe Clark, who's just a little bit more cheaper, slightly less average, is only in less than 20% of teams. But, uh, you know, Darcy Short, I know, is another popular one as he's been around in the BBL for some time. But there are some of those players that I'm just sort of keeping my eye on, having a bit of a think about as a single game week player pods rather than those double game week player pods. Yeah, you mentioned Darcy Short there. He's in good form for WA at the moment in the Sheffield Shield. So he is one that people will probably start because of the name, but may not necessarily realise that the Canes have uh, two buyers in the first six weeks. Yeah, and it's that does put a bit of a dampener on things. I know I'm really trying to talk myself into to Matthew Wade as a, as a backup option for should Joe Clark fail, but it is tricky, you're right, with those two uh, early buyers in the season. But again, as we mentioned, there's still a lot of time for planning, still a lot of time for tinkering. How much do you really remember from the BBL 11 campaign as you recently released your BBL 11 retrospective and you just painted how well the likes of Jason Sanger and Matt Short did as cheaper players filling a void of significance as we mentioned earlier. Who were some cheap players who could do a Matt Short, Jason Sanger sort of thing in BBL 12? Geez, isn't isn't that the million dollar question that uh, people will be be asking to you know to try to boost their side? 
look, we've talked about Nick Larkin. Joe Burns is probably another one for the Stars at that same 62-500 that will have some uh, additional opportunities that could potentially um, score well. I haven't traditionally in the past, but, you know, their opportunity is there for them to score well. Again, Will Sutherland for the Renegades, 62-500. Um, there's plenty of opportunities for him there with, this, you know, the sad departure of... Um, Muhammad um, Nabi, but with Andrew Russell coming in, still a little uncertain what his role's going to be. But people have jumped on board, 35% ownership, so I don't mind that at all. But I reckon the one for me, and I've talked about it a little bit, and I'm still going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm still going to talk him, talk him up, is Henry Hunt for Adelaide Strikers. He's in f- absolute phenomenal form in um, Sheffield Shield and also in the Marsh Cup. Is the South Adelaide captain's... Adelaide strikers love him. Did play six games last season. I think there's a bit of an uncertainty at that top order level for the strikers that probably somebody in here like Henry Hunt needs to come and fill. Yes, he's probably more of a Red Bull specialist, but I, I mean, we can see things change uh, in, on a dime. I mean, David Warner was a T20 specialist who's now you know a test open a test opener. There's no reason why. Henry Hart can't do the opposite. Red, spe- Red Ball Specialist turns T20 Specialist uh, at 62.500. And with a round one double, he is firmly in my sights. What about you, Damo? Who is on your sort of radar who you reckon could skyrocket in price for this season ahead? I've got two. And I cheated a little bit earlier and left someone out of my possible David Willey replacements. Um, I think... Ollie Davies at the Sydney Thunder is a huge chance to sit somewhere near the top of the order for the Thunder at some point. I don't know if it's going to be early, but he, at some point he could come in kind of late, a little bit like Jason Sanger did. Um, but from the beginning, he's a little bit more expensive than 62K, but not that much more expensive. I really like Matt Kuderman at the Brisbane Heat. Um, he... He's one who I think will take a bulk of the spinning duties at the heat. And at 71K, he's every chance to make lots of money real quick. I, I do like that pick. And I know you, you, you've you've uh, had him in my ear as well too. Uh, he is definitely still within my thoughts. But I can't go park uh, Michael Nessa uh, at uh the Brisbane Heat for that round three double. So he's currently stashed away on my bench as another potential sort of player that can come in should somebody fail. The T20 World Cup just wrapped up and we got to have a sneak preview of some of the form our BBL players are in. Shadab Khan is shaping as a must-have despite no double game week and two buys in the first six rounds. Who else caught your eye across the World Cup, Azza? Oh, look, there's there's a few names that sort of stood out. I mean, look, sadly, Mix, Glenn Maxwell was was one. Um, Rashid Khan, you, you just have to pick him, don't you, for um, Adelaide Strikers. Yes, he's coming in at the very top end at 193,000, but a wicket in every game and also a 48 off 23 against Australia. It, if he continues to you know put in that kind of consistent form that we've seen for so many seasons, it's just impossible to leave out on a round one double. Um, 
leaving Livingston's probably one that sort of worried me a little because he was a little bit inconsistent. We know how uh, damaging he can be, but should the Renegades be worried on his recent form in the T20 Cup? Well, how many games is Liam Livingston actually going to be available for? If he's only going to be available for two games, then I don't think form is going to be that big of an issue for him playing for them. Yeah, no, this is this is this is very true. Yeah, and and I released an article on the website that has all the stats for every BBL listed player over their World Cup, and I it just confirmed to me that how much of a bargain Marcus Stoinis is because, yeah. I mean, you look at his stats and he hit fifty nine off eighteen against Sri Lanka, which is huge. And when he's got ball in hand, when he's bowling, he's been pretty economical as well. Yeah, no, it. it I think the one thing that super, you know, BBL Supercoach uh, players are very happy about is the fact that Marcus Stoin is his bowling again. I mean, there were so many instances in the last couple of seasons where he's had side strains and hasn't been able to bowl, and we had to sort of focus on his batting. But Seeing him back bowling is a really good sign. It's extra points that can be picked up. And, you know, 83,400, he doesn't really have to do a lot to be able to gain in price. If he keeps putting up the scores that he did uh, for the World Cup, he won't have any issue jumping up in price, and he will be an absolute must-have come round one. And Alex Hales should be a popular selection leading into their round one double game week as well with the Sydney Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, top of the order batsman. Um, you know, scored really well against India at 86 off 47. And then uh, also some big scores against Sri Lanka and New Zealand too. Uh, he's He's been firmly entrenched in my side and I can't see... Um, him not being there for me round one. And the other one that uh, will probably catch people off guard, and I know people have sort of been sort of a bit iffy on him, given that still not sure where he's going to play and what sort of role, but Riley Russo, 109 off 56 against Bangladesh. Was that enough to, to tempt you in putting him in your side, Damo? He hasn't left my side, but I am worried about the 0 off 2 and the 7 off 6 against... Uh, against probably better credentialed sides in Pakistan and India. Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, BBL's a different beast altogether, but I still will have him in round one. But I might even consider playing him off the bench just to see how he goes. And it is a valuable strategy for all Supercoach players to learn to have to have a player ready to go should someone fail. So Rosso on the bench for me, an emergency backup, um, as I mentioned, I'm probably likely to have um, one of the the Perth Scorchers players on the bench. And so if anything goes wrong, we can sort of then pick it apart and uh, replace him pretty quickly. And there's been an ODI series underway against England as well. So the first two ODIs have seen Australia dominate against England with the third to be played Tuesday at the MCG. In the first game, we had some great performances from David Warner and Travis Head, both hitting big. Travis Head with 69 off 57, a knock that included 11 boundaries. 
David Warner also hit 11 boundaries, ending up with 86 off 84. Yeah, there was some big scores there from um, some well-known Australian players, but the one that really stuck out for me and comes in really cheaply as well for round one, Adam Zampa. Second ODI against England took four for 45 off 10 overs. The economy rate of 4.57, that's pretty pretty damn good for an ODI. I think he's well locked into my side now, especially given his form um, that continued on in the World Cup as well too. But I don't mind some other players uh, as well. I mean, Phil Saltz has been one that I'm considered about. Yes, he hasn't really performed incredibly well, but I think it's probably maybe just enough given we know how well he does in, in the BBL. But again, just seeing Marcus Stoinis back is what I'm more happy about, I suppose. Yeah, only a short cameo for hitting um, in the second game. He, he hit 13 or 14, but there was a huge six within that. And just to see him demonstrate that power within him still, even with his side strain issues that he's had over the last few years, it just shows that he hasn't lost anything. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be so valuable and it's going to be so good just to see him out playing um, again and hopefully in um, fit and firing and ready to go. Fingers crossed there's no, there's no more injuries from here. It's good to see these players getting into form, especially those who will be, who'll be featuring in the BBL. Thanks for sitting down with me and talking about all this, Azza. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure as always, Dammit. This has been Around the Wicket. You can follow us on all of our socials. We'll be putting out a mass of content over the next few weeks leading up to the first ball being bowled in the BBL. We'll see you next time. See ya.